You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. is stranger than fiction, and that's why true events tend to make fantastic films when handled correctly. Take a little catch-me-if-you-can and a healthy portion of proper British lower class in the expert hands of Jim Broadband and Helen Mirren and director Roger Mitchell, and you've got the story of a very interesting case, the 1961 theft from the National Gallery of an 1812 portrait of the Duke of Wellington, Broadbent plays Kempton Bunton. If I've heard a more British name, I do not know what it is. A working man who fancies himself a playwright whose adamant beliefs for the rights of the lower class and elderly consistently get him fired from his jobs. He talks too much as a cabbie. He stands up for his co-workers at a bakery. His wife, Dorothy, is a maid and does her best to keep her wits, keeping track of her husband and their son while still coping with the death of their teen daughter. The movie begins with Bunton in front of the judge for his crime, so there's no doubt that he is caught. What is uncertain is how he ended up there and how he'll manage to charm and cheek his way through the very public trial that became a pop-cultural touchstone of the era, even referenced in the 1962 James Bond film Dr. No, where Dr. No claims to have stolen the work. I am T.C. DeWitt of the Screener Squad, and I am joined in this little heist by Chad. Hey, hey, I'm the wheel man. Jenna. Heidi ho there, neighbors. <laughs> and Mindy, or at least the portrait of mindy i am a work of art (laughs) well squad what do we think of the sordid and low-key heist and tale of kenton bunton i adore (laughs) jim broadbent really the first movie that comes to mind is hot fuzz (laughs) yes as the head constable he's just so endearing in this and helen mirren's she's going to be amazing no matter what role she's in and that her performance only accents this story but i thought it was adorable you're in good hands with these two yeah you're in very yeah, good yeah, hands yeah. with these two yeah it's very much a character driven piece which if you're looking to this story to find out more about the true crime aspect of it you're gonna be a bit disappointed because the focus is more on the characters but that said as you put it chad broadbent and mirin are brilliant in their characterizations and you feel for Broadbent so much and you feel for Mirren so much. One, I do wish they got a little bit more into the true crime aspect of it. And I wish that they had talked a little bit more about that daughter. Yeah. Because it's like, she is the central conflict of the family and Mm -hmm. her death and all the unresolved feelings that come from it. But, like, you don't even really know what the sons feel about it. Mm -hmm. Dorothy Buttons, the wife, you know that she hasn't dealt with it and so has essentially blocked herself off. You know that... Grief is a private thing, Mindy. No one ever needs to be involved. Of course, never. (laughs) Including the people in your immediate family. Kempton Button is obviously dealing with it 
by his writing, and I think in a sense also his public... Protests. Yeah, his protests and stuff. But those are both very private things, and it's very clear that the conflict is the fact that they are keeping this private. Yeah. And so well, hold on. Like, sh- sh- I, is, I, think, I think Jenna fell asleep. Jenna, Jenna, wake up. Oh, no. Woo, woo. Hey. I, there you go. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I think she might have fell asleep while watching the movie a few times, if memory <laughs> Come on, don't bust me out <laughs> like that. <laughs> no, I mean, I ain't going to lie. So I felt bad, too, because Mindy, where you were like the daughter, I was like, oh, that wasn't the wife. So it's clear, uh, <laughs> you know... Listen, guys, you know, (laughs) she was 18. When did she get married? Well, I thought that was like his secret lover. I kept making up like more interesting (laughs) side stories to this. I just, I don't know. I I feel like I was Harry Pottered out. I don't know. The crazy thing is, funny enough, if it wasn't for Helen Mirren, I don't think I would have made it through this film. I'm not a huge fan, but the fact that I could not tell it was Helen Mirren in this film was what was astonishing to me. It took me a minute to realize it was her, yeah. Yeah. Like, I really actually wish this was more of a stage play. I probably would have enjoyed it more. I could see that, actually. Yeah, she completely dominated that character. And at first, I was like, oh my gosh, she's such a fucking cunt. But then I was like... (laughs) Then I looked at her situation and remembered what it's like to be a woman married to a straight man. And then I was like, yeah, I would probably be bitter and just ready to end my life, too. So, you know, I just she did a really amazing job, though. Like the dynamic between them two, to me, was the kind of the anchor of the film Mm -hmm. for me personally. And then second to that was the relationship between Kempton Button and his son. Mm -hmm. But I just felt like their dynamic in particular, whenever they were in the same frame no pun intended and him holding that secret from her and the fact that she still kept by his side it was just there was a realism there that reminded me of married couples that I've seen and we all can have our personal opinions on what a wife's duty is but it was just interesting that dynamic and that part of the character study kind of grounded this film for me because I didn't know anything about this part of history so I was completely lost on like why this was such a pivotal moment until I did my research. Well I think you're touching on something that Mindy also touched on sort of what do you want from this film Mm -hmm. Janet sounds like it did bore you to a point whereas Mindy you (laughs) aren't wrong the aspect of the family the daughter being passed the relationship between husband and wife husband and son that's the strongest stuff in this movie. And it's goes to what Chad was saying as well. Jim Broadbent is so damn good. He is so good that he, this is Oscar bait without feeling like Oscar bait, especially coming Mm -hmm. out at this part of the year. This isn't a movie that looks like it's chasing any awards, but it could easily be up for something. This feels like Broadbent could go up against Mark Rylance in some nominations. And it would have been, Interesting to see them explore those areas more as far as the plot is concerned. But when it's just them acting and really indulging in the subtext and what those relationship dynamics are between the lines, it's so good. And I could see why that would be boring to someone who might not be infatuated with actors and the performance (laughs) of actors. So this is definitely a movie for a certain audience. I like Kempton as a character, besides seeming like a genuinely nice person. And yeah, maybe some of his priorities are mismatched, but they're altruistic and real. And he just genuinely seems like he wants to help people. He seems like a good dad, too. 
being a dad myself <laughs> i don't know like he just seemed like somebody i could aspire to be at that age like yeah i'm gonna steal art so i can get old people cable right he's a rabbit hood yeah one thing i will say is the tone of the film you very much feel like this is the lower class england of the early 60s late 50s post world wars post great depression you can still feel the weight of trying to survive in this world Mm -hmm. that i applaud roger mitchell of setting up like this world as a believable oppressor for kempton to go up against Mm -hmm. yeah roger mitchell this is his final film he passed away just recently after completing this film notting hill i think is the thing he would be most known for (gasps) as far as an american audience is concerned he played in the rom-coms, and to finish off his career, something that's very quiet but really expertly done. There's some cool style in this that feels like the original Italian job or some of the older heist films of the Cary Grant to Michael Caine era, where they do like split screen. and They, mm-hmm. they use found footage, too, and they insert Kempton in some yeah. of the scenes, which I thought yes. looked really good. Yeah. yeah, I loved the use of like the old-school news footage. Mm-hmm. And also, maybe it's just me being a theater nerd. Did anyone else start singing the ballad of Sweeney Todd when Fleet Street came on the screen? <laughs> no, just you. It crossed yeah. my mind. <laughs> I think I fell asleep at that part, my bad. <laughs> That's the very beginning. What are you talking about? What can yes, I think you made a fair point that this feels like a play. And I do feel it like a lot of... It actually was made into a musical in 2020. Brilliant. That's fantastic. I do think a lot of British dramas tend to feel more like stage shows because some of the best of the best of British acting royalty, like Helen Mirren, like Jim Broadbent here, they come from the stage before they come to the screen. And Mm -hmm. they bring a lot of that gravity, a lot of that ability to perform so much and so powerfully in everything they do. So it doesn't surprise me, Jenna, that you would say, oh, this feels like a play. Yeah. And it's cool that it's a musical. I'm going to have to look this up. Yeah, yep, it's called Kempton Bunton. I think it's a testament <laughs> to dramatic acting on both of the leads' parts. There is something to be said in the subtlety, and it was always what they didn't say. Especially for me, one of my favorite scenes is when she visited him in the prison. Uh, yes. He was on trial. Yes. And that scene in particular, just it was always the things left unsaid. Or her mannerisms or just the natural acting choices that they decided to go with. It's a testament to the directing. It's a testament to the actors. And it really, people tend to play things over the top. But these are folks who know how to really bring out an actual emotional moment without Mm -hmm. it actually being dramatic Mm -hmm. for the sake of trying to emote versus just literally being present as that character a tip of the hat to roger as well for not cutting that scene up a lot he just let that scene play out with those two brilliant actors doing their thing i think for me it was just because i didn't have knowledge of this film it was just hard for me to figure out like i didn't know if this was just a regular heist i know if it was real i didn't really know what they wanted me to take away from it but in retrospect, now that I look at it, it's probably going to be one of those movies that I feel is charming enough to grow on me. Yeah. For me, it was the set design of this entire film and the way it was shot and how he would linger. A lot of people say a fly on the wall, but for me, it was really just like I was fully immersed into the day in the life, like how Mindy was talking about, like, and how you talk about TC, of like the working class. Mm-hmm. These are people I feel like Kimpton... Button seems like a guy, if I saw him sitting in the chair asking me to sign something, we could strike up a conversation. You know what I mean? In his scenes in the courtroom, he's answering the 
questions. He's just so naturally charming. I, he is. Yeah. yeah. I feel like yeah. if you liked Belfast, the recent film that came out from Kenneth Branagh, this is right in that pocket. If you liked that as far as a slice of life, lower class, true story of that part of the world, this fits right in there with that. This is an example of reality creating an infamous celebrity that we get so commonplace now. If someone commits a crime, someone does something crazy, they become headline news, and you get your 15 minutes of fame. This guy wasn't looking for 15 minutes of fame. He had a very good reason for what he did. The government yeah. spent tens of thousands of dollars to get this stupid painting that's not even very good to put up to display <laughs> and charge people to go see when they could have used that money to help veterans and elderly out of World War II, out of the Depression. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. his Robin Hood nature is so admirable. It's no wonder he became a hero to the people. That is part of it. But also, you know, you have to bear in mind that the info about the family that was used in this movie was said by his grandson. So it's very romanticized. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. Sure. of course. So it's as, like... As with all true stories, you have to take that with a grain of a spoonful of salt. So, yes... You know, he did do this as a protest, but also it was four years later. He did hold on to it for four years. That is yeah, correct. The <laughs> son wasn't quite as noble as he's being represented as. <laughs> well, the nice thing is in that regard, oftentimes with biopics where you can tell that the family or the estate had a hand in telling the story, you feel it. It's like, okay, well, you're really... You're really sanding off the corners here and making this a better situation than it was. <coughs> Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> Sorry, I just got something <laughs> in my throat here. So I'm glad that it didn't strike me that way as I was right. watching this without it feeling yeah. like it was coloring it in. It was more subtle, but, I mean, you can look at it. Like, especially the courtroom scenes. There are parts of it as like, oh, you are totally ramming this up because <laughs> you are trying to make your grandpa seem like a noble crusading warrior. <laughs> or to make a better film. I'll take David right. Fincher's Mark Zuckerberg over the real Mark Zuckerberg any day. Right. <laughs> there is aspects of this film that it's worth discovering as you view it. So it's not like we can go into spoiler territory because you can surely look up the information about this and see the who's and what's and where's and whatnot. But... There's some little nice twists and turns throughout this film that I wasn't expecting because the trailer mm -hmm. paints it as a courtroom drama, but we don't actually spend that much time in the courtroom. We spend a lot of time getting to the courtroom yeah. and being charmed by Kenton before we get to see him charm the people. Uh, but without going into any more detail than that, why don't we move into some final thoughts? Chad? I found this movie charming and delightful. <laughs> Super easy to watch. You know, again... Take it with a grain of salt on the historical accuracy. It's a film. You know, it's meant to entertain, not to inform. If you want to be informed, read a fucking book. Yeah. <laughs> I really like the stylized use of what we talked about earlier. The split screen lines that they, it was very popular back in that period. And the use of found footage and old newsreel footage was really cool. It, it's stuff like that that makes you think that the people making the film are putting the extra thought and care into making this more of a, a time bottle movie than just like, oh, yeah, it's set in the 60s and let's just get some old costumes and that's it. Like, they really try to do pay attention to set deck and the feel and the vibe of the early 60s in England. I say I wanted to say seven, but I, I feel like it's good. I'm going to say eight out of ten faulty loaves of bread. 
just cut off the corner for me. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Mindy. As I said, this is a very, very well done character piece. They play fantastically together. And when that's your central focal point, hey, you struck gold. The problems that I would see with it were people going in thinking that this was a heist film. Like the way it's advertised, I thought it would be more like, you know, the Gardner Museum art theft from the 90s. It would be like a story like that, where it's mm -hmm. like this painting was stolen by this dude in the inner city and everybody's looking for it. And, oh, he must be this great mastermind. You're not getting that. You're getting a family that is dealing with the grief of their daughter. It's good what they give you, but you want more as well. It is a message piece, which is, you know, you do good things, you will be rewarded because the universe needs good people. Take that away from it. It is very much a story about people trying to survive and be a natural good for the world. And that, that is a story that, that we need reminders of every now and then. So I will give it seven out of ten taxes on tvs that didn't end for the elderly until 2000 they uh. still have taxes on their tv they tax their tvs in england yeah. what <laughs> we need a few more art thieves to work out right? all the problems that brings <laughs> heaven there we go <laughs> jenna i actually did more research on the background of this film in the public broadcast um, in the UK. I didn't, I didn't know it was built like that. Um, but, you know, America really can't fucking talk. So, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we really can't. Uh, with that being said, I now know the name to an actor I have grown so fond of over the years, Jim Broadbent. I hope the, the person, Kimpton Button, is as charming as this actor's portrayal of him. Because him and Helen Mirren, again, they, they held down this entire film. And although I had to rewatch it about three times, <laughs> uh, it wasn't a pain watching it each time. Each time I watched it, I think I found something more that I liked about it. For me, it really was the set design, the mise-en-scene in this film was absolutely gorgeous. It really is a testament to the director and to the, the production, really just making me feel like I was really looking into someone's life. To me, that I haven't seen production done this well yet so simply. But apart from that, I just think the pacing is a little off. There was some moments where it was kind of slow and there's moments where it got really exciting, which is odd because there's not a lot of action in this film. So the exciting parts are just really when the two lead actors get to shine. The, the relationship and dynamics, I wish they would have gone into more. And again, I didn't know that was his daughter. So <laughs> I guess my little fantasy of that being a, a, a ex-lover of his that he had to hit was dashed <laughs> so i'm glad in this film that all the arcs were resolved and we got some emotional moments that aren't forcing us to follow the emotional beat of the film which i think is a testament to the filmmaker i feel like american films they kind of force you to you should feel sad at this moment because the music is going this way but in this film, I really teared up when Helen Mirren finally went to visit her daughter. And when he saw her, you know, outside the prison, he's like, you came. She was like, of course. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what else was I going to fucking do? You know? And I was like, oh, man. Or me, it was her scrubbing the fireplace. Just like, yeah. like desperate oh, yeah. of just like, I just have to do this because otherwise yeah. I will break. Yeah. It's, I've seen that. My mom, she passed it on to me, like cleaning 
is the only control you have in a situation where you have no control. But yeah, for folks who want to learn about some UK history, you know, and feel a little bit better about ourselves because America's trash, go ahead and watch <laughs> this movie. <laughs> you know, it was nice to be like, aha, we're not the only ones fucking over their citizens. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I will actually give this, funny enough, I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10 bottles of alcohol I wish I could have had watching this film. Because they would walk into that apartment with a whole bottle. I'm like, turn up. Like, <laughs> I want to drink with these guys, man. <laughs> it's like fun. <laughs> Mirren, anything they're in, I know it's going to be spectacular. This is no exception. I also really love films based on true stories. Catch Me If You Can is one of my favorite movies ever. And I yes. love Robin Hood-styled tales. Stories of the lesser thans sticking it to the halves. This is a fun, light viewing, made deeper and more moving by the performances. It's not Ocean's Eleven. It doesn't have that kinetic, popping energy. But it has a really sweet cadence in its style. Everything's been said by my cohorts here, so I will simply say that I thoroughly enjoyed The Duke. It's a beautiful final film for Robert Mitchell, and I'm giving it 7 out of 10 Italians? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, Chad's the wheel man. Uh, Jenna, you're on demolitions. Uh, Mindy, you got the disguises going on already, and I'll take point on this. Who's ready to rob a art museum? I am, if it's another piece of... Those, those poker-playing dogs have had it good enough for too long. Let's go, everybody. 